the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, May the 27th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Today, on May 27, 1935, the U.S. Supreme Court unanimously struck down the National Industrial Recovery Act. That was the main component, the key component of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's New Deal legislation. Today, in 1861, Chief Justice Roger Taney, he ruled that President Abraham Lincoln lacked the authority to suspend the writ of habeas corpus. Lincoln said, we're in perilous times. I'm going to ignore the court. And he disregarded the ruling and continued. There's a whole story behind that. I I'd like, I mean, you probably don't need to, don't need or want to hear it. I would love to talk about it, but we're not going to do that. But it's an interesting story. Today in 1936, the Queen Mary left England on its maiden voyage to New York. Today in 1937, the Golden Gate Bridge in California was open to pedestrian traffic. Vehicles began to cross the bridge tomorrow, the next day. Today, in 1941, the British Royal Navy sank the German battleship Bismarck off France with a loss of 2,000 lives three days after the Bismarck sank the HMS Hood with a loss of more than 1,400 lives. 3,400 lives at least lost in that exchange. Today, in 1968, the U.S. Supreme Court in the United States versus O'Brien They upheld the conviction of David O'Brien for destroying his draft card outside a Boston courthouse, ruling that the act was not protected by freedom of speech. Remember those days well. Today, in 1994, Nobel Prize winning author Alexander Solzhenitsyn, he returned to Russia. There were emotional cheers. Thousands of people actually turned out to cheer him and welcome him. He had spent 20 years in exile. The problem that Alexander had, Solzhenitsyn, was that he was writing the truth about what was going on inside of Russia. And they were presenting to the world how tremendous socialism, communism, and all this was, and it was going so well. He was writing the fact, the truth, and they couldn't handle the truth And so they came down on him uh, in a number of ways. He went into exile, and then, of course, he later, after the Soviet Union had collapsed, thank you, Ronald Reagan, um, he came back and was welcomed as a hero. But I've read a lot of what he wrote. In fact, you'll hear pastors uh, quote from him. In fact, uh, several pastors that I've known over the years and, and or Christian leaders would often refer to him. Chuck Colson, in fact, the late Chuck Colson used to re- um, repeat or, or quote a number of things that Solzhenitsyn had written during that time. It was very, very helpful to the outside world to know the truth. One year ago today, the Washington State attorney, yes, 
Washington State Attorney General. He charged two Tacoma police officers with murder, another with manslaughter, in the death of Manuel Ellis, a black man who died after repeatedly telling the officers he couldn't breathe as he was being restrained. The officers have pleaded not guilty. Former House Speaker Paul Ryan, one year ago today, in a speech at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in California, he urged fellow conservatives to reject the divisive politics of former President Donald Trump, and he urged them to reject all those Republican leaders who emulated him. Paul Ryan, he's a piece of work, I'll tell you. Former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, remember him? He's 99 years old today. With the official Supreme Court ruling on abortion coming down in the very, very near future, I, I think they'll put it out. I can't imagine they would not put out their official, although it's been leaked. But that wasn't the official. It was just the working a draft document. But it looks like they're going to rule against abortion, against the abortion industry. And it is a huge industry. It's a complex, like an industrial complex. Billions of dollars have been made off the abortion industry. Let us not forget that part of it. Uh, it's not just, uh, to us, it's a moral issue. To them, it is a big business. And make no mistake about that. But nonetheless, the Supreme Court apparently has decided to rule against abortion in their upcoming uh, announcement. But we haven't seen the final announcement yet, so it's not for sure. But the draft indicates that they will. But it's, I'm pretty sure that they'll put this out before they go on recess this summer. And so it's generally thought that they'll be putting out their official ruling um, probably at least by June. Maybe the first part of June. We'll see. But nonetheless, it's coming. And the, uh, the left is panicked. Congressman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's defining the problem for the abortion industry. She's saying that the reason that all of this seems to be going against the abortionists is because of the fundamentalist Christians. She said it's their theocratic push against abortion that's the problem. To underscore how out of touch this kind, she too claims some Christianity, as you may know, to underscore how out of touch these kinds of Christians are, she suggests that even Judaism is okay with abortion. I'm going to come back to that in a moment, but Jesus, in a parable, told his misled, misguided religious detractors of his day, can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? We'll talk about that in a moment. I just want to take a minute now to talk a little bit about some of the news or some of the events or comments that are coming out of the mass shooting in Texas this week. Horrible, horrible tragedy. But before I get to that, let me take just a moment today. We, as you, you know, if you listen to this program, even from time to time, but certainly if you listen regularly, 
I don't spend a lot of time, you know, asking for money on this program. A lot of programs do. Uh, they have different ways of doing it, but they spend a lot of time doing that. We just don't. Um, it's not. It's not a matter of feeling like we're above that or not. I, I, I would do whatever the Lord directs me to do. But I just feel like if if we're at a point where we just have to spend so more and more time all the time asking for people's support, maybe, you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, we don't talk about it, but it doesn't mean that we don't need it. We do need it. And I try to remind you from time to time, if you listen, we really do need your support because there are a lot of people listening to this program who don't necessarily agree with us. But I believe that what we say, in spite of our limitations, personal limitations, God helps us. And I think we can communicate to people things that maybe they haven't thought of before or maybe things that God can prompt their heart to think about more after this program is off the air on any given day. In fact, I know that to be true because I hear from some who have had some real awakenings and some changes of mind and heart. Some have accepted Christ as their personal Savior listening to this program. And this is not a evangelical crusade, but we certainly make it clear, as you know, that Jesus Christ is the Savior and we need to accept him personally. And I think all of you, you know that if you listen. And maybe what's forgotten, because we don't talk about it, is that we really do need your support. We need those of you who make periodic, larger, one-time contributions. We need those of you who contribute every month. Some of you are so faithful. Uh, it, it, it humbles me. When I look at the list, and I do, I pay attention. I read the notes. I see the checks. I see the online donations. And I thank God for you. I do. And it touches my heart. Because as much as I feel the Lord wants me to do what I'm doing here on this program, I couldn't do it without you. So as I say, if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be here. So thank you. And thank you for remembering to stand with us. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Or you can go online to our website, faithandfreedom.us. Not .com or .net or anything like that. I mean, there's, you know, it'll take you to an, any number of... But this has become a very popular phrase, faith and freedom. I'm not claiming that we, you know, like invented it. But I'll tell you, when we first started using this and set up the the uh, ministry under Faith and Freedom Foundation, there was one that we could find anywhere, and they didn't have it registered, and it didn't overlap what we were doing, so we used that. Now there's many out there that do, some that I know for fact, have picked up the name because we use it and we can't register the words faith and freedom. And perhaps we shouldn't be able to, but we have checked it out. So a lot of people are using it. Some maybe not with the best. I don't know. I don't want to question their motives, but nonetheless, they're out there. There is a Muslim organization that operates under the name of faith and freedom. So don't get Don't make a contribution to them. Uh, I'll tell you, please don't do that. But don't get on the wrong website. Faithandfreedom.us. Okay. There's a a story coming out of Uvalde, Texas, the place of the shooting, the horrible tragedy. 
multiple law enforcement sources are revealing this morning to some conservative news organizations that part of the delay in stopping this barricaded elementary school shooter hinged on a deadly mix of the shooter's defensive tactics. They said he was really smart. I mean, he, he did what most of those kinds of people don't do. He had obviously studied uh, some kind of, you know, weaponry or some kind of, of um, how, to, how to do what he did uh, materials. They said he was very informed. Specifically, though the officer said that they, due to, you know, lack of funding and all this kind of thing, that they didn't have the ballistic shield that they needed to enter the classroom with a barricaded shooter. Attempting to breach the door, they said, without a ballistic shield would have resulted in certain death for the officers, which could have provided the shooter with the officer's weapons and the ammunition. There's also, the officers are saying this morning, there's also the possibility that the shooter could have taken police communications gear off the officer's body had they <clears throat> had he shot them, thereby giving the shooter the ability to listen to police movement and plans. They said he was that calculated. He was that well informed on how to do what he was doing. Some of the officers as well were highly motivated and were restrained because of these reasons that it could have become much worse because they had children in the school as well. So the police are starting to take a beating down there, and I'm not defending them. I mean, I, I'm not down there. I don't know everything there is to know. I don't think anyone does, but I do know that, and I thought I'd share that with you because it, it's important to know the dynamics of what's happening there, and that was some of the dynamics because the police are being blamed now and, and very strongly so by the left. They always take on the police, but they're the first people they call when they have a problem. These far-left geniuses are always trying to defund the police, get rid of guns and all this kind of thing, but then you find out, oh, they have a gun. Well, of course, I'm different. You know, or climate change, John Kerry was asked, point blank here a year or so ago. He's, why do you fly on a private jet? Why don't you fly on an airliner? Because with all other people, because if you're, if you're that concerned about carbon. And he said, well, he said, because of my job, he said, I'm different. And that pretty well sums it up. The left always thinks they're different and better than. It's sad, but it's true. Jesus dealt with that in his day. In fact, it was his detractors that he talked to very directly about the blind leading the blind. And we'll come back to that in a moment. There's a story that you won't hear in the news, I can assure you, unless it's a conservative news organization. But there was a woman with a concealed handgun, uh, and she had a permit. She stopped a mass shooting this week. Have you heard that in the news? No, you probably haven't. She stopped a, a mass shooting this week. The man attacked a graduation party in Charleston, West Virginia. The police said that the woman who was lawfully carrying a pistol shot and killed a man who began shooting at a crowd on Wednesday night in Charleston. The Fox 11 um, TV station in Charleston, they covered it. But it's not out. People aren't reporting about it. They're not mentioning it in the local news, even though your local news, they go when to fill up their time. Sometimes they go to stories all over the country, particularly if it fits their narrative the far-left narrative. 
This Dennis Butler was killed after allegedly shooting at dozens of people attending a graduation party Wednesday near Vista View Apartment Complex in uh, Charleston. It says no injuries were reported from those at the party. Investigators said Butler was warned he was speeding through the area. There were a whole bunch of kids there. They were having this party. He later returned with a firearm and began firing into the crowd. And this woman, middle-aged woman, maybe a grandmother, I don't know, but this woman pulled her gun out of her purse and killed him. And it saved the lives of who knows how many. There were many, many, many people at this party. It was like a, I don't know if it was a birthday party or graduation. It was a graduation party. And so they were having fun and they were doing what we do when we celebrate our family members and their achievements, whatever that may be, and birthdays, graduations, whatever. So the police said that the woman actually, when she pulled this pistol out of her purse, she ran toward the shooter and shot him and killed him. Now that may be difficult for those with highly elevated and sensitive um, sensitive nerves, but I will tell you that they don't report on those kinds of things because it does not fit the narrative of the left. But it happened, and it's been verified by all the people down there in that area. They said, wow, how many lives did this woman save because she was legally carrying her pistol, and she knew how to use it, obviously. Jesus says, don't be misled. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? That's mentioned twice in the New Testament. He said it a couple of different times, in fact. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, her recent comments are blaming fundamentalist Christians. That's what she calls us. That means Christians who actually believe the Bible and try to live by it. And people like myself and millions of others who advocate publicly for those principles, those truths. She said they are creating a theocratic push against abortion, suggesting that Judaism is okay with abortion, which has drawn a response from some non-Christians. In a lengthy Instagram post last Thursday, she says she criticized the argument of abortion opponents who believe that abortion is harming a life. She said, that isn't a life. She said, we all know that. That's crazy. We all know that it is a life. We've all seen the pictures. We've seen the pictures of the baby in the womb. It's a life. It's a human. She's denying the truth. Some religions don't believe that, she responded. She said, our Jewish brothers and sisters, I'm quoting her, our Jewish brothers and sisters, they're able to have an abortion according to their faith. There are so many faiths that they do not have the same definition of life as fundamentalist Christians, she said. She expressed concern about the ability of non-Christians to exercise their faith. In fact, she said, I'm not only taking a stand against those fundamentalist Christians, but I want to stand with those who are being denied their faith because of those fundamentalist Christians. She said, it's ridiculous. It's theocratic. It's authoritarian. It's wrong. 
Well, you have to be pretty wrong to get atheists to stand up for biblical Christians, but that's what she's done. That's how out of touch these public servants are, or how blinded, obsessed, possessed, perhaps, with their own agenda. The Christian Post is reporting yesterday that this uh, Teresa Bukovinak, I think that's the way you pronounce her name, she's a pro-life atheist. I hadn't heard of her before, to be honest with you. She's the founder of Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising. That's an organization. And um, she she described Ocasio-Cortez's claim that you have to be religious to oppose killing children in their earliest stages of life is a lie. She said, I'm an atheist and I don't believe that, and our organization doesn't believe it. She said, that's a lie that's been perpetuated by the abortion industrial complex since before Roe v. Wade. You don't have to be religious, she says, to recognize that abortion is murder. Pro-life people are the ones working towards a separation of church and state, she asserted. She said, we want the law to reflect the scientific reality that life begins at conception, not just whenever we believe life begins. I mean, I can't believe she said, but she said, I'm looking at her words. The concept of a human non-person has been used exclusively to discriminate against the whole groups of human beings. And in the case of the unborn, that discrimination is lethal almost 100% of the time. Ben Shapiro is an Orthodox Jew. He's well-known. I'm sure you've heard of him, probably read some of what he has written. I quote him from time to time. He's, as I said, an Orthodox Jew, not a Christian, but he's a well-known conservative political commentator and a lawyer. He also pushed back against Ocasio-Cortez's claim that Judaism permits abortion. On his podcast this week, he said, quote, Explain to me where in Jewish law abortion is widely permissible. I'm waiting to hear, Rabbi. That was directed at Ocasio-Cortez. There was an amicus brief filed with the Supreme Court last year on this case that we are about to hear about from the Supreme Court that I mentioned a few moments ago. Well, in that lawsuit, there was a amicus brief, a friendly brief filed, Uh, by the Jewish Pro-Life Foundation, the Coalition of Jewish Values, and other Jewish organizations, and a number of rabbis who made it very clear where Judaism is coming from. They said Jewish law, in their amicus brief, they said Jewish law prohibits abortion and Judaism obligates us to protect innocent life in the womb. Ray Jones is an editor for Israel Today. He's a Christian, and he had this reaction to Ocasio-Cortez claims he published it in the uh, Israel Today uh, magazine, online magazine. He said, another day, another line of fake news from the lips of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and with a healthy misrepresentation of Judaism to boot. He said, fundamentalist Christians are a big problem in America, according to Representative Ocasio-Cortez. He said, better known as the acronym AOC. In a short video rant posted on social media, she enlists Jews to help besmirch those Christians over the hot topic of abortion. He goes on to say that she's wrong. He said Israel allows abortion, but he said it's not part of the Judaism, the belief that we have in our word of the Lord, of God. He said our Jewish brothers and sisters can have an abortion according to their faith, but he said it, it would seem well-founded in light of how easily Israel ap- approves the procedure. 
kind of like America. But he said, in broad strokes, Judaism views a fetus as a living creature, but refrains from granting it the status of personhood. However, Judaism is largely uncommitted, uncommitted about the entire affair. And he said they kind of tried to just avoid it and not talk about it. But he said if they did, they would definitely come down. If they had to pick a side, they would definitely come down on the side of fundamentalist Christians, as AOC calls them, and so reviles. In Matthew chapter 15, verse 14, Jesus talks about the blind leading the blind, emphasizing the foolishness of the situation. Interestingly enough, that phrase, the guide for the blind, or the blind leading the blind, that's actually referred to in Romans chapter 2, verse 19 as well. That was a common title for Jewish teachers of that day. And that's what Jesus is referencing. Paul references it in Romans 2, verse 19. But when the blind leads the blind, Jesus said, the results are always the same. They both end up in a ditch or a pit, depending on which translation of the Bible you're reading. Christ's parable of the blind leading the blind is just as relevant today as in his day. The tendency to elevate human interpretation of Scripture and tradition to a place of equal authority with God's Word is a blindness that has afflicted people of every generation. The inclination that Jesus confronted in the Pharisees is no different from the self-appointed moral leaders that we have today who are left-leaning or left-far-left. There's a marked move, I've noticed, and I'm just about out of time here, but there's a marked move by the left in our country to use Scripture. Many of them claim to be very religious. Our president, devout Catholic and so on. Nancy Pelosi, very devout Catholic. They they use that word a lot to self-describe. But some of them don't even claim to be Christian, but they'll use Scripture to try to convince the conservatives, the right, to vote for their agenda or vote for their people. But the problem with that is that they're twisting Scripture, or maybe they're just ignorant, they don't know. But in any case, it's not for their good, but to advance a political agenda under the guise of spirituality and biblical truth. They're appealing to the sensitivities of those of us who deeply believe in God's Word. Or at least we believe God's word is true, even if we're not well informed. They're taking advantage of that in our culture today, and I see it day after day, week after week. And there are more and more. And I think as we go into these midterm elections coming up this year and then the national uh, federal presidential election in, in 2024, I think we're going to see more and more um, scripture quoting. It'll almost sound like church sometimes. We need to be very informed and very, very discerning about what we hear and what we believe. I don't mean, I don't want to become a cynic. I'm not suggesting you become a cynic. We need to guard against that, but we've got to be careful because so much is being said and so much of it is being slanted toward the Bible and Scripture and so on. And this is just one example with this AOC. I mean, she's she'll do whatever it takes to advance herself and her agenda and all. We know that. But when you get into this, as she is and others are, seeming to be more in agreement than she is, she's taking us on as fundamentalists. But we're going to see more and more of that. We need to be informed. We've got to be discerning and just trust the Lord to lead us and guide us in these matters, or we'll end up in the ditch with them. And we don't want to go there. Hey, thanks for being with me today. It's always a pleasure, a privilege. I'm humbled 
<clears throat> that you listen. <clears throat> Excuse me. We hear from so many of you, and I want to thank you. Have a good weekend. We'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.